With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. If you haven't had the opportunity to uh, sign up to The Athletic yet, please do consider doing so. If you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap, there's all sorts of reductions on there through us uh, and our partnership with them. There's some fantastic football writing on there. And at this time of year, when you're sat around with nothing to do apart from talk to people who are in your family, there is nothing better to do than to actually read about football instead and try to block them out. Uh, bear that in mind and we'll all get through it together. Uh, it is The Anfield Wrap. I am Neil Atkinson. I am hosting this. If you're watching this on YouTube and listeners, uh, people do watch this on YouTube as well. Um, this will not be on YouTube next week. So the show on the 30th will not be available on YouTube. So apologies to our YouTube viewers slash listeners. Hello. Uh, it will not be available. So you'll have to listen to it through a podcast app or anything else like everybody else. So we're sorry about that. But we've only got so many pairs of hands in. We're trying to give people some Christmas break and editing it together is a bit tough. So uh, next week it won't be on YouTube as all of our normal shows will be on. And you can see all of them if you subscribe uh, and download the app as well uh that's i think all the hits uh done very very quickly so that's all out the way we're going to talk about the fact that liverpool are world champions i've got adam smith i've got ben johnson i've got kev walsh and ian ryan and ian first and foremost how bothered were you about being the club world cup winners and how bothered are you during the game and how bothered are you now about liverpool your football team champions of the world i wanted it i absolutely wanted it. i think we did it under the lights um before the final uh with gibbo and I think going to the semi-final, I definitely wanted to win it, but I don't think it meant everything to me. You know, if we'd have gone out, it would have been one of them. Yeah, you're gutted about it, but you're over it quite quickly. But then when you realise just how serious some of these teams are taking it, I think it, it ups the ante a little bit and it makes you want it a little bit more. And I think maybe the players felt a little bit of that as well, because I think going into the final, you knew Flamengo were up for it. I mean, it, you know, listen to Tim Vickery talk about it, it meant everything to them. You know, Klopp said, if they go back, they're going back as heroes if they win it. So I think as the, the days kind of go on and you get closer to kick off, it starts to mean that little bit more. And then during the game, I mean, any Liverpool match, Neil Liverpool are playing a fucking friendly and want to win it. So if you're playing a, a game where you can call yourself world champions, then absolutely you want to win that football match. And I think... Now the dust has settled a little bit, it feels good. Obviously, fans of other clubs don't see it as a big deal. Um, and I said that the other day, you know, probably a lot of them are watching Leicester v Man City, and that's absolutely fine. But I think if you're involved in it, and maybe this is a little bit of an ignorance on our part in England that we don't see it as a big thing, when clearly other fans of other countries, other nations see this as something huge, and maybe it now starts to grow as the years go by and it suddenly becomes something that fans in this country see as a big thing as well. Um, how were you before? How are you, Jordan? How are you now? Um, I've I've been wanting it for as long as we've been in it. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we had the overview show, which got some traction. We spoke us before. Um, and like I said, the League Cup is dead, as far as I'm concerned, and has been for a long time. And I, I didn't care about that. Don't get me wrong. I'd have been in, I'd have been at Wembley if we'd have been there, and I'd have been I'd have had a lovely time. But being World Club Championship means more to me. That hundred percent. And just on touch on what you said there about the Leicester Man City game, six point six million watched it on BBC. Apparently with another one point five million online requests to watch it. So that's well more than Sky get for their football coverage. So I think 
winning a P Damien Cavana said it, winning a period of transition where the Club World Cup is it's growing in importance and it's growing in significance. And listen, other fans are gonna say they, they don't care about it because they're never gonna get there. Ever Everton fans talking to me about the Club World Cup is like me talking to Brad Pitt about Jennifer Aniston. It's none of my business. It's none of their business. They're never going to be here. So what are they worried for? So for me, it's quite a comparison, Cam, I have to say. <laughs> what, what a reference for the kids that was, eh? <laughs> Basically, it's boss being World Club champions, isn't it? We're the best team. Uh, we, can, we can legitimately say we're the best team in the whole world, and who doesn't want that? Uh, ben Johnson, um, you were a you were a skeptic before the ball was kicked. I, I was with you for the match. Yeah. I would argue you'd have sold a kidney to win that game on about sixty. Before the match, you were like, I don't care all the fusses about. Blah blah blah. Let's just get through it and get the other side. By about sixty sixty five, I reckon. Firstly, I reckon you'd have done time to fill in that ref in. Yeah. And secondly, uh, I think that you know it's, it, it, it became crystal clear what 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 it was we wanted. Yeah, before I I wouldn't have even gone. I just used to took them on holidays to Tenerife or something for a week. Said I'd get your feet up. Uh, yeah, before I just wasn't interested. I just I just passed me by. I wasn't asked. Um, and up until kickoff, I wasn't asked. I didn't watch the semi. Uh, I, I just I wasn't engaged in it at all. And then as soon as it kicked off, I was like, "Oh, this is a bit feisty," and then they were they were like into it. And then once I think once that little ming with the. Uh, Check hat on started yeah. acting the goals. Yeah. I thought, yeah, we need to win this. And then once they were once the Reds started getting the cob on, Robertson was fuming. I desperately wanted to win. Uh, and I and I think it's one of them post winning it. You're like, oh, that was a fucking big game, that's a great game, <laughs> world champions, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't interested in it at all until we win. And then I woke up the day after a bit of a hangover and was watching all the videos, all the lads with the trophy and that, seeing how much it meant to the Brazilian lads and you start thinking, yeah, that's armor, actually. And it's, I mean, it's a dead refreshing way of watching a final. You don't get the opportunity to not be nervous in a final, ever, in your life, do you? Really. League Cup, not that bothered, but... Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird experience, but it was... I mean, it's great we've won another cup. Uh, one we've never won before. <clears throat> no, I was probably the gobshite and everybody else who was into, the, into it. No. The first place was, I'm not it's, it's, to believe that. <laughs> it seems unlikely you were the gobshite, John. Uh, I mean, it seems genuinely unlikely. And yet, here we are, yet again. <laughs> yet again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. And, it, you know, it's a good game to win. And, it, you know, in the circumstances we did, we dug in again. We, had, we got the, the, the referee was a barn pot. Uh, and it, you know it's not fair on the referee how bad he was. It's, you know he's just not he's not used to refereeing. It's like Kev with his Jennifer Aniston chat again. <laughs> it's the same dance, isn't it? None of his business. Um, but yeah, it was great. And uh, you know I'm into it. It's it's one where Adam I think. It, what becomes clear, firstly, is I think it helps that it's Flamengo, and I think it helps that they've got the song about beating us 30 years ago. It helps that the game becomes bad-tempered, I think, and needlier affair that gets the blood pumping. But for me, it also helped. I love that it was on BBC One. Like One of the great sadnesses for me is that the nation never got to watch Liverpool put five goals past Roma in an hour. Uh, because of B, and I understand why, and it's not a dig at BT. It's just literally the way in which football's gone. But it is a shame that you know Liverpool have got the two consecutive Champions League finals, and none of it's been available on terrestrial television to watch as live. That's just not been there as an option. And I was really pleased to think about that. That you know this is Liverpool. They're on BBC One. It's Saturday night. The nation's able to watch this. Watch this football team. And I was desperate for them to win. I was desperate for them to put a bit of a show on. And I think they do that, even though they don't stick the ball in the back of the net. I think you get the essence of what this Liverpool team is over the 120 minutes in the end. 
Definitely. Well, look, the fight, that's what it's about, you know, more than anything else. The fight they've got and the, you know, exactly exactly um, the same about Robbo and, you know, the fight and all, and, and him, like, saying, saying to Sadio, I'll sort him, don't worry, all that kind of thing. But just brilliant. And that, that's what, that is what this Liverpool team's about, playing brilliant football, but also with the steel to them and not giving up and and all of that sort of stuff. And and I think, and, and listen, you know, I understand what you mean about people getting to, to watch it, which is brilliant, but also fair play to BBC over the two matches that Liverpool played that they had the, the time slightly delayed so you felt like you were watching a jog stream anyway <laughs> so you know that, that was good obviously. Um, and, and it was it's great and it's not I think it's really interesting I didn't know the numbers Kev that you were saying about how many people had tuned in and stuff I think that's that tells you a lot about where this Liverpool team's at at the moment because you forget I think when you get caught up in the tribalism and all the nonsense when you know that Man City is saying Man City fans are saying it's not a real trophy blah 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 well people who are casually interested in football are more interested in watching Liverpool try and win that what 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 other fans are calling a jar trophy than they are about watching Man City trying to beat Leicester in, in you know to basically decide who, who who hopefully is going to come second in the Premier League. That there is a massive interest around Liverpool now, and and that's it's really easy to lose that when you think about all of the the rivalry and all the nonsense that gets caught up in it. All people on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. People, football fans around the country want to watch this Liverpool team because of what they're doing, what they're doing on a weekly basis, and how good they are uh, playing the football. And and we we were excellent for the first sort of 10 15 minutes lost it a little bit in the in the first half picked it up a little bit in the second half and I'm should have won it comfortably you know Andrew Beasley's piece in the echo today saying it was basically something like 4-1 in the in the clear cut chances thing we 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 deserve to win it we won it and now we're world champions it's one uh, go back to you actually first on this Ben where Adam says their first 10 Liverpool are, are on top created a couple of early chances then what's noticeable is this is where Flamengo put all they, they, they put all the chips all their energy on can they get in a half time I think ahead and when you you know when you're watching the game it, that creates a building level of anxiety when you then either watch the game back look at the numbers or think about the game back what it actually becomes is Liverpool have just about got them at arm's length they don't create anything particularly tremendous in that <coughs> period it's not as though they're, they're absolutely blamming the door down Instead, Liverpool have sort of got them at arm's length and you were just waiting for them to run themselves out. Yeah, it, it, it was noticeable the difference in in uh, in Lip, what Liverpool had in the tank. Like, Liverpool looked at all times, it looked a bit like a Lennox Lewis fight. At all times, he's just on the ends of his... Another one for the teenagers there, is like oh, yeah. <laughs> Flying army. <laughs> I think he used to go out with uh, Jennifer Aniston, yeah. <laughs> it, it looked a bit like that, though, long job, just keeping them prodding, prodding, prodding away. And almost like Liverpool, just like, okay, we'll test them for 10 here. And then when it didn't happen, they just go sit back in, okay, these, these can have the ball. But what was also noticeable is they were killing time, whatever, whenever opportunity they got. Whatever, like the keeper went to Ampersons and he, he's here to, yeah, he had cramp. cramp. Like no keeper's oh, ever had cramp. cramp. No keeper's ever had cramp unless they've been on the rail for a week and they've turned up in the morning, do you know what I mean? It's like, that was noticeable. And that was built in, I think. They were like, we're going to need to have a breather because these will run us into the ground. The only we were talking while the game was on. The only the only little concern we were like we're gonna win, we're gonna win, we're gonna win. The only little concern you said halfway through the second half. It just reminds me a bit of Napoli away where we had them. We were we had them at arm's length pretty much this year, not last year. Pretty much had it boxed and looked like we we're gonna win at last ten, and then they got a diddle, and it just gave them a little bit of energy yeah. to fight on. That was the only worry while you're watching it. But I mean. It, it, they're, they're like the, they're the champions of South America, whatever they are. 
and Liverpool, it was it was easy. You know what? The, the, the scoreline doesn't reflect it, but it was easy. We created chances when we wanted big chances. <clears throat> you know, we, we create one where we're in the last minute. He's going to score. He gets fouled, and then the referee goes berserk. <laughs> you know, th- there's no two ways about it. It was either it was a pen. It was going to be a goal. It was a free kick outside the box. It was probably going to be a goal because Trent would have just slotted it. And then the referee was like, oh, well, let's just have extra time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Everyone's having a nice time. Let's <laughs> carry it on. <laughs> it's lovely. No, oh, carry on. It was bananas. It was one of the most bananas things I've ever seen. Uh, it, that we'll get to that in a minute, Ian, because uh, it was bananas, and it, it probably it probably bears discussion. But the way the game plays out, we just keep saying it's bananas over pretty, and over. That's pretty much the discussion. Pretty much, there is this. There is a real a real f- feeling with them. I think Ian, where they were. Firstly, I think they were riled first half in a way we've maybe not seen that often in that I think that most sides that now players don't try not to rile us mm-hmm. up to a point. And I think that they were, the, the the way they came out uh, immediately after half time and I think from that point onwards, uh, apart from a diddle, uh, you felt as though this is only going to go one way because the re- Florengo achieved one thing, which was they really got under Liverpool's skin. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and you do always feel, feel like Liverpool are going to have enough... Um, the fact that we've got loads of quality on the pitch, the fact that they're at the end of their season, so it's been a long, hard graft for them, and it's their final game. Uh, the way their season works obviously finishes in December. So you always felt if it was going to get deep into the game and it was still tight, that Liverpool would decide they're going to have a little bit too much. They've got two 34-year-old full-backs as well. So at some point you're thinking, Mane, Salah, it's going to open up for them. Um, I actually thought... First half though, they do they do quite well to come back to the game because first fifteen it's all us and you know Bobby has that chance where he's got to be more clinical he's got to take that Kaita should make the goalie work um, when Mo tees it up for him you know Trent has the sighter as well which you know if he didn't know any better he swear it was Gerard didn't it because the body shape everything Stephen Gerard when he hits that ball um, second half I was a, I wasn't completely convinced that something wasn't going to happen and it was mainly down to the referee because when you got a referee you start bizarre and he's given such strange things you just think it's in the lap of the gods a little bit so the one where he books Mane for the tango with Rafinha right on half time it's an absolute fucking shit show and it's a shambles and there's other things as well Kaita gets blocked first half where he's played a 1-2 with yeah. Mohamed Salah and it's a great little bit of play and you think actually he's in here referee gives nothing he gives so, the Chamberlain foul when yeah, it, like, he, gives, he gives a foul to Liverpool there's, there's loads of that happening Jono and the other thing I would say is if you're a manager, maybe you're a little bit concerned about the spaces in the in the middle of the park because I think what their manager does, he does a few little tweaks early on, first half, maybe on about 20, where all of a sudden our fullbacks aren't getting quite as high um, and they're getting a little bit more space in midfield. They're beating the press a little bit. Uh, Chamberlain was a problem, I think. You know, obviously he goes off with the injury, which is really sad. I'd have hooked them probably well before that, if I'm being honest, because I think it was just a little bit too open. And we debated that. And I think it was hard for the manager because he hasn't got Fabino. He's not really got Wijnaldum there either. Um, He's not sure about Milner. Yeah, Milner's come off the previous game. So I, I felt he would go with the three he went with. Albeit, I think in an ideal world, the manager would have preferred a little bit more security in midfield. Uh, just to come back to you, you mentioned Firmino before I go around on everyone on Firmino. I think there have been different different performances from Firmino, I think, across the last sort of six weeks. We've talked about him on this show. We you know, really got into it a couple of weeks back. I, Even though he missed the chances, I was pleased with both where he was and how he was missing them, to be honest with you, Ian. I think there's, there's different levels of what the centre-forward doesn't play as well for you as you'd like. And I'm actually quite pleased with Firmino's entire contribution in the end of the game, even though it's easy to say he could well on a different day and if he was in slightly better nick, maybe walk off with a hat-trick. Yeah, and I think 
I mean, I heard the show you're referring to, and I think, you know, Paul Senior spoke about him in, in quite a lot of detail. Um, it was quite damning at times. I mean, I'd done something a couple of weeks previous on a video, and I wasn't quite as damning as Paul, but I think I think it's absolutely fine to say that he's been in poor form. And it happens. Um, it happens to every player. Now, some of that may be down to the fact that he's just feeling the effects of a lot of graft, and he's played a lot of football. It may be down to the fact that maybe he just needs to be tested a bit more in terms of is there someone looking to take his position? And I think sometimes every footballer needs that at some point, just someone who's there who could take your position and maybe Minamino's coming in and that puts a little bit of pressure on him. I think overall he does okay. I think there's times when he's still sloppy with the ball. Um, he's got to do better with that chance early doors. I mean, regardless of what form you're in, that has to go in. Um, but he gets the he gets the, he gets the goal, um, and that's and it's a great bit of it's a great bit of play. And he does the same in the semi nil as well, where you think maybe obviously he's come on, he's offered slightly um, in terms of previous games, but he's in the right position and he's not scared to miss, and he gets in that position to score. I think I think he plays like a like a number nine a bit more in this one, Kev. I think that he's on the end of things a little bit more. I completely take Ian's point about the early chance. But again, that I was buoyed by that in the sense of, well, that's part of what you want to see him doing. And that's part of what we maybe haven't seen him doing as much. And even the way he takes it, he doesn't dwell on it like the one that he dwells on against Watford, where he wants as many touches as possible. I think I think he looked I think he looked confident and I think he looked I think he looked like a man who thought he was gonna score the winner, is almost I think what I'm trying to say. And then in the end, it's easy for me to say that because he does score the winner. But that's what I think he was through the match. I think he's always got that in him, but I still think he looked a little bit short on confidence, actually. And the one, the goal he does get, there was a couple of other ones where I thought he just took an extra touch too many, where a confident Firmino probably just bangs a couple away, first chance, or maybe a little flick or whatever. But, again, he's a human being. Without you soon playing at a level where you're like, where the the whole context around him has been, he's irreplaceable. Nobody can do the job that he does. So if he's that good, and he is that good, a drop-off is going to be seen because you're going to be like, oh, we just need you to be doing what you were doing last season. So, listen, sometimes that's going to happen. Hopefully this goal is the one that gets some confidence. But, listen, I, like, I no one wants to be Paul Senior here. But even the goal he scores, he, he, he does his best to miss it. Oh, I know. It's the defender. He's got a basically open goal and he somehow drags it across his body to hit the defender before it goes in. I, listen, he needs you to recovery and all that and for me, you know, the type of fellow will be like, just scored the winner in the Club World Cup and now I'm going to score a hat-trick every game. Do you know what I mean? Leicester will be shitting themselves. But it wasn't the best of performances. The fact that he gets his goal makes it fun. I think um, I'm barely getting over nobody wants to be Paul Senior, to be honest, which felt like a bit of a non sequitur that you just chucked in the middle there just, just to slag Senior off. Um, no, Senior was given the Bobby loads on the shoulder. Oh, yeah, it, it was just a just sentence, nobody wants so, to be Paul Senior. Sorry, Senior. I'll have his bank balance. Um, yeah, I think, look, I think um, I, I, my major worry with him is, I, I think, his passing. That's that's my biggest concern with him. <clears throat> Some of the passing in the in the final, it, it it wasn't. There weren't even tricky passes he was trying to pull off. It was just like he just kicked it to the opposition. He gets a free kick for one, doesn't he? Second half, where he just literally give it to them, and yeah. the referee bails him out. A yeah, bit. he does. Really absolutely, he does. Yeah, um, you've been slagging the referee off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that's my biggest concern with him almost because I think it, look he's never been prolific for us in front of goal he's a good good finisher and he know you know he knows where the back of the net is and he scores unbelievable goals at times but is is link up play is the is the main thing that you look at him and go that's what he's that's what he's there for that's what kind of everybody says you you, you don't get from other 
sort of forwards that could play there is the link up play between and and the fact that he's just giving the ball away for free at, at the minute that I think when he when his passing starts to come back that's when I'll start to think he's he's back in it he's always got a big goal in him and that's where I'm a little bit concerned I don't know whether he's going to kind of roll on from getting that goal in the, in the final because it's not goals that I think he needs I think it's it is just his play, his all round play I just think he looks shattered and I think he, he you know we during this period I think we need to try and find a way to rest him as much as we can really and, and maybe Minamino gives us a chance to, to do that a little bit more successfully than we've been able to in the past I think he's I mean I don't pay attention at the best times so <laughs> when the match is on I thought he was alright <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fine. It's fine. Right. I, th- I think, I think if you've got a form, I mean I know I understand what everyone's saying in terms of he's been so uh, important to the way we play in terms of almost being like a, a playmaker up front and, and dropping in and doing all the graft and knitting pieces together and setting up chances and this that the other. But actually, when you break it down, his performance, he's scored one <laughs> out of three good chances. He has absolute hard lines with the one that it's the post that's almost impossible for it not to go in. Um, yeah, he should probably score the first, but I thought he was good. And I think actually when you boil it down and look at his, his, his output, most teams are go that sound after you centre forward. But just on that as well, whilst everyone can have a, a view on it, and Paul had this view a couple of weeks ago, I don't think anyone's saying that Firmino suddenly turned into a bad player and this will continue forever. At some point, he will find us form the question, again. Well, the question is, the question is, is, is whether or not Adam's point's valid, actually. That, I think that's the key. The key one is, does he need, is he just shattered because he's had, a, he's had a really long 2019? And I think that's the most important question. It's not whether or not, is he good at football? We know exactly how good he is at football. It is, is he shattered? And I just began to think, you know, he's still doing the hard yards there in extra time. And if we want to talk about shattered, he's a lot less shattered than their lads. Mm, and, yeah. you know, and you can go through this sort of stuff. And I just sort of, I, but, I, I, I I was broadly with Jono without talking down my own attention span um, in that I, I did feel, I came away from it feeling as though there's been a decent game of football there he's not hit the heights but he also then goes and scores the winner yeah. so and that, that that was my thing he's, and, and sometimes the shattered thing it's not just a physical thing it can, exactly, be, it can be a exactly. mental thing as well and because he's played in so many big games you know the Copa America would have took it out of him etc yeah. so there's been loads of football for him Kev's point about the finish before I get it it was a little bit scruffy but actually the early pass of the finish is great because he could have snatched at that. And if you're not feeling that confident, the first thing you probably do is snatch it. If he doesn't, he takes his time and he almost kind of sits the goalie down a little bit and creates that bit of space. Yes, he scuffs it slightly, but the most important thing is it goes to the back of the net. And Adam's point about will it give him confidence? I think it will because whether you're known for your goals or not, something like that, winning that football match for Liverpool, that's what he's done essentially. That's bound to give you confidence. Yeah. Um, other one who I think is outstanding over the 90 uh, certainly sort of again looking back and thinking about it and working through it is Gomez it's the easiest thing in the world uh, we say Kev to play next to Virgil van Dijk that Virgil's going to Virgil and he's going to do his, do, do, do what he does but I think that what you the flip side of that is you can end up being very involved in a game if you're the other side of Virgil van Dijk because they are more and more almost every side and I was saying well we'll go that way because we're not going to get anything out of him and it is getting clearer and clearer I think almost game by game Watford did it as well just go that side play on him all day Troy Deeney you just play on him because there's no point playing on Virgil you've lit- you're literally quoted as to why that's a waste of your time <laughs> And I think that Gomez, I think he has a really, really good game. I actually think that maybe in the end, this run of three that he's ended up having in quite quick succession, Watford, Monterey, and this one could really stand him in good stead for the second half of the season. I really hope it does because he, he's 
by far and away our second best centre half for me. The others have all done good jobs and listen, Matt's been excellent when he got in. Lovin's done the same. He's, he's been really good. But for me, Joe Gomez is the future at centre half. And that, that I think the playing alongside Virgil van Dijk, you've got two issues. One, the teams are going to target you no matter who you are because you're not Virgil van Dijk. But two, your own fans are going to say, well, any even slight error will be, well, Virgil wouldn't do that. But you can't compare anybody to Virgil van Dijk. It's like comparing people to Messi. It's impossible for other people to play at that level because he's he, he's by far and away the best in the world. Koulibaly's second and he's a distant second. I think Joe Gomez, as any centre-half really, will benefit if he can get 10 games now and play alongside him. I think you've seen with Trent last season, a lot of teams were supposedly targeting Trent. I think it's what you're saying more than actual targeting a single person. It's targeting a side of the pitch. And Trent now, when was the last time you've seen anyone get any joy out of that? It doesn't happen because he's played 50 games there and he's now worked out what do I need to do for them to not be able to target that area. I think Joe Gomez playing three in a week, hopefully it means he's getting the rhythm. The worry is, can he sustain it? Because I know some of his last few injuries have been contact injuries and not muscle ones, which gives you the hope that he's not going to get injured again. But if he can get 10 games in a row, I just think... By the time you come to the middle of February, we have that break and when we come back in, people will just be going, well, what are we supposed to do here? You've seen the value of him, I think, Adam, across the games. Um, Monterey, I think he, I actually think his performance against Monterey is a little bit underrated in that Monterey themselves are a little bit underrated, but also he's played next to Jordan Henderson. He's not playing next to Van Dyke. He mm. gets himself through the game. He takes the yellow card when he, the one time he gets caught wrong side, he does the practical thing, takes the yellow, goes from there. I think that game, the Monterey game, this one, you know, there's well, I think there's no doubt he's the best centre, Liverpool's best centre half against Monterey. I think he ends up probably putting in the best performance in the final uh, at the back. I think he's he he looks to me all of a sudden a lot more settled than he did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I I think after the Watford game, a lot of people were saying, you know, I th- th- thought he looked really good. I I must admit I didn't. I thought his he, he he just looked shaky against Watford. I thought you saw the green shoots of what he what he used to be, if you like, against Monterey, and I think you've seen the the blooming of that to carry on that metaphor against um uh, against Flamengo. In I, I think he was he, he wasn't my man of the match. Henderson was my man of the match, I think, but but he was right next to him because I thought it was I thought he was brilliant, and that's brilliant. It's really great to see. And and also, it's it's worth sort of highlighting the fact that it was against the team of Snides because they they weren't you know they weren't like naive forwards they weren't just like lads who sort of don't really know what they're doing and he, and he, and and Gomez is getting a bit of confidence because he's playing against the, you know a, a League One team or whatever they were very very good forwards who score a lot of goals in in their division know where the back of the net is and a proper Snides and he he just looked really really good and and that's great to see because I agree with Kev I think he's the future of of our defence alongside alongside Van Dijk and at at the moment without any other defenders to turn to the one thing we don't want to do is have the Gomez we had a few weeks ago where he looks shaky and lacking confidence and everything else what we want is the one we saw last year before the injury where he he looked absolute prime and that that was the Gomez I thought we saw. It's a Really strong combination of physicality to have next to Van Dyke, Ben. He finds himself, you know, his recovery pace is tremendous. He's very, very good on the turn. He knows how to pull out and help his right back out. Uh, he knows where the space is behind Virgil as and when the ball comes down that way. I think all round, he does feel like the best possible foil for Van Dyke. Um, and I think he got to see all of that there against in that in that match. Yeah, he's the natural. I think out of anyone, he's the natural. He's the one you'd naturally say that's perfect to be next to to Van Dyke. He's 
you know, he stepped out with the ball really well as well. He started yeah. music. He did, they let, the way they played, they left big gaps to either centre half, and he stepped out a few times when he would die because they were pressing the heads off first half an hour. They put loads into that first half, and he steps out really well and gets us playing. Um, he makes a couple of great recovery tackles. Uh, one where the lads in, he, he, he cleans them out. It, I, I thought he was excellent, and I thought is uh, more more than more than everything else, just his reading of the game and his, his awareness of where to be. And I think that, I think you can't underestimate it. People say it's easy to play next to Van Dijk because he's so good. But what Liverpool are asking the centre-half to do is actually really difficult, I think. You know, they're playing a high line at times. The, they've got to step. Uh, you know, they, you didn't, when you're a centre-half and you're under pressure and you're not quite feeling great, you don't really want to be away from your goal. When I when I when I used to play there, I wanted to be right on the edge of my box because there's no way anyone could run behind you. You don't really. One of the things that's hard is if you if you if you come on back in, you're trying to get to the pace of it again. Is trying to play people offside. Like you, just, you get you get a sneaky little forward who just drops on your shoulder and comes back. And I think I think that gets underrated. What we ask our centre to do is it's actually really hard. And because Trent attacks so much as well, you're almost. It's not just playing centre half. He's filling in that whole right channel a lot of the time and I thought he was excellent and I think uh, you just uh, as you said before Kev you just hope he just carries on in that thing it'll be a test against Leicester because they've got one of the best at just running that line and being offside and then he drops in and then he's not and you know you, you, they will Leicester will have a plan to try and exploit that space time one of the channels because that's the way you would envision them having a bit of success if you were them setting up so you hope he's, he's back at it it, uh, look, it won't have done him any harm. Clean sheets, clean sheets against Watford, even though they missed, you know, there's loads of chances. Um, yeah, he looked good. Um, other one, Adam's already said, got him down as his man of the match. Uh, ben, Henderson's performance on the night is, uh, I think he's just excellent throughout the whole of the game, and I think he gets the, the tempo of it, and I think it's also worth saying, you know, we've we've remarked anyway, whoever, I think Fabinho has done it a couple of times this season, plays centre mid, with Kate Kiter and Oxlade-Chamberlain ahead, it does make it a tougher and tougher ask, uh, and I think for the 120 minutes, Henderson both leads and sets the tempo for that Liverpool side brilliantly. He was fantastic from start to finish, he really was fantastic. Um, he's everything you want in a, in a captain, in a final, he's... he's He's physically imposing. He's all about the pitch. He's ticking the ball over. He's barking orders at people. He plays a couple of great through balls. He plays the ball for for the chance at the you know for the goal. Um, he was he was he was great. And and we've said it the other week. The biggest compliment you can give him is that no one's really noticed Fabinho. The only the only the only absence you've noticed of Fabinho was that Anderson can't play further forward in a couple of games. I think Watford maybe was the one game where you think yeah for, we could have done with Fabinho in there. But I think he's been on the. I think he's been on the. It's hard to think in it of a player who splits opinion more than Anderson because, which I find strange. I think he's great. Um, I think sometimes when you say you rate Jordan Anderson, other fans who maybe don't think he's that good suddenly think you're saying he's he's the best in his position or he's best in Gerard or he's best in Sunes. I don't think anyone's saying that. I think what we're saying, what I'm saying is, you have to appreciate the qualities he brings to the side, both as a, as a captain and as a player. You don't see the captain stuff as much because some of that will be, be will be behind the scenes. But what he's doing as a footballer, and you mentioned there about stepping in for Fabinho, Jono, you've hardly noticed it. I mean, you know, in times of adversity, this lad does step up. He steps up and he fucking steps up again. You think of big games, you know, we think Roma in the, in the Champions League, he's fantastic that night. The Barcelona game where he probably should come off. Mm. And he's a fucking warrior. 
through that match, the game where you know Liverpool are trying to win the league and he comes on against Southampton and you can imagine him just sitting there, <laughs> students of the game, watching it and thinking, I'm going to impact on this football match. He comes on, he's great. So I think he's, again, once again, he's stepped up and I thought he was brilliant on um, on Saturday. Uh, really, really good performance from him. Steve Graves messaged me over the weekend. We were just having a little chat uh, and he messaged me and he said, there's probably a number of people between the ages of 25 and 40 where the footballer they've seen most in the flesh live is Jordan Henderson. Mm. And that, that's a really strange thing to think of, that he's probably top three, even for those of us who were going more from 2000 onwards with Henderson, uh, Carragher, Gerrard, in terms of seeing footballers in the flesh. And what that means, is, I think, sometimes is that, you, and also he's played the most in the era where Liverpool have been the most accessible to see, whether you're watching on television or you're watching in the ground. And what that means is you end up seeing a hell of a lot of a footballer. Yeah. And therefore you end up being able to say whatever it is you want to say about him, if you sort of know what I mean. And that's why you've got to be careful, Kev. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's he's he's turned what was a mildly, if I say, concern, and not because of performances, but just because he'd been on the verge of lifting so many trophies for us. It's now three back to back. Hopefully, hopefully, if we manage to keep up what we're doing in the league, he manages to to, to lift the other thing, and he ends up almost bestriding the whole decade. It's three hundred and forty-eight appearances for Liverpool since twenty eleven, uh, which is you know which is a serious number, especially considering in there he had one particularly hit injury hit season. It's, you know, it, it's a few. The player of the decade. We've done a show on it the other day. I believe so. He was mine. I think it's. I he think scoffed. It's a, Kev was a scoffer. I, did, I didn't scoff. <laughs> I scoffed. I, I love Jordan Henderson. You scoffed. Don't be tired with the bush. I, I just said maybe Luis Suarez is in with a show, which I think is a fair point. Uh, but I, did you scoff? No, did, did <laughs> I Listen fuck. back, he scoffed. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's actual proof on this one. I don't know why I'm arguing. <laughs> arguing is you think it's like down to his level and give you an experience. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Henderson. The, the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not any. The best thing about Henderson is every time he gets to the point of no return, he's been to the point of no return at Liverpool three or four times now, where it's time up and it's, it's over for him. We try and sell him to Fulham, like, and everyone's going well. It's just this one of these lads. You've had to go with a big club and it hasn't worked for you. Comes back flying, nearly wins the league for us 2013 14. And if he doesn't get sent off against Man City, we probably do. We've had the latest one has been Fabinho coming and Fabinho is absolutely world-class, the best in his position without a shadow of a doubt. And Henderson has gone to the manager and said, listen boss, I know this is where I've been playing and this is where the criticism come from because you've been in that number six role. I can play in this further forward role, watch me do it. And he's gone on to become one of our most important players. He's gone on to play there and not only affect every aspect of the game, he's also had the creativity to his game at the age of 28 or 29, whatever he is. He's one of our most creative players. Now on his passing, the pass at the weekend for the goal is phenomenal at first I thought you've got lucky with that one there he didn't it was like the um, the pass in the 2005 final for um, oh, goal. Crespo's goal yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's very similar to that everything he does and everything like even the way he carries himself around the pitch you've got Robbo obviously saying to Manny I'll get him don't, don't worry when we get him but Henderson lives that out he doesn't tell anyone he's getting anyone the other team know he's fucking getting them because he's in the face all the time. He's out. We, for how many years did we say we needed somebody who would w willingly walk around the pitch all game in the referee's ear? It doesn't matter who we're playing, whether it's Watford at home or whether it's Flamengo in the World Club final. 
he's next to the referee and he's talking the referee through the game every single week while doing all of his other jobs as well. And my dad, my, my half was saying, just leave the referee alone, get on with it. I said, you're arguing with the referee now in the 15th minute to get a decision in the 85th minute. That's how these things work. Well, and then, well. well exactly, hence, well, yeah, <laughs> well that, I suppose, but <laughs> Henderson understands that and he's the leader in every aspect of what we do. And even the way he is with the other players around the club, the way he organises things for them, he's absolutely fantastic. And people, people still criticising him now, applying to it. They, they've, they've gone that far now that they're not willing to go back on it, and they make themselves look idiots. Well, no one's saying he's perfect. And will he have bad games? Of course he will. Are there things he could improve on? This is my thing. You've seen him play three hundred and forty-eight yeah. times. Are there things he could improve yeah. on? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's times where. His shooting's got to be better. Oh, he loves that one where it goes right re- over. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of where you're playing on the pitch, yep. his shooting's got to be better. Now, to, to be fair to the lad, he almost wins the game for us with the shot, but that's like not the norm for him. What I would say is, Jürgen Klopp, I think we'd all agree, knows what he's doing, and he's had ample time to move Jordan Anderson on. He's chosen not to do it. He keeps him in the side as a player, but he's kept him as captain as well. So that's got to tell you everything you need to know about Jordan Anderson, both on and off the pitch. This manager, who we all laud and say how good he is, say he's the best thing since sliced bread, he's come in, he's totally changed the club, and yet he still chooses to pick Jordan Henderson nine times out of ten. That says a lot. You thought he was man of the match? I did, yeah. I thought he was unbelievable. And I think, look, I think the game was in many ways the kind of summary of, 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 of Henderson generally, in so much as... He he did a couple of those ones where he, he he loves it the lofted pass to the back post when no one's there and it goes out for a goal kick he did that two or three times and if you're somebody who thinks he's shite and you hate him and blah blah, blah that's what you point to you go look at them look at them but it means you've got to ignore everything else he did over the ninety minutes in order to say shite but I mean I agree with Kev completely that people are too ingrained now in their opinion uh, those people who hate him they will never think he's good enough ever and there's no point arguing with them that <laughs> good to have John away because they're flat earthers to go back to that show that's what they are like they're just they're just people who you just you cannot show them any evidence that will ever change their mind but for me that was an incredible performance a, a, a captain's performance he did exactly what you wanted somebody to do in this Liverpool team never stops running never stops closing people down brilliant pass for the goal just always there just he was just he was brilliant he was he was the player that like people United fans think Pogba is like you know what I mean he, he was doing everything Thing that you that you want somebody to do who's at the top of the game, and it's just he's he's brilliant to have that personality exactly as Kev said to, to have been written off again and again and again, and to go I'm just going to keep going. I think I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough. I'm just going to keep doing it. And when he looks back at his career, he's not going to care what at live at 1879 cares about the, the team or whatever he's going to look and go well I've got all these trophies I've got all these medals mate that, that's fine Jurgen Klopp said I'm great Stephen Gerrard said I'm great Kenny Dalglish said I'm great Graham Sooness said I'm great they're, they're people who know what they're talking about you're some divvy on Twitter um, on moving along Ben I want to talk about briefly the sub uh, I think to an extent Liverpool are in control of the game I do feel like Liverpool are in control of the game when Oxley Chamberlain goes down injured but I think the manager goes with Lallana. Uh, Milner in the end gets on, so you do wonder whether or not he, he does feel as he's had to make a decision there. I mm-hmm. thought when you saw Lallana, it made me think of Milner and Wijnaldum, just not, he doesn't fancy them for this. But Milner does get on in the end and looks looks mobile. Uh, but all of that said, I think Lallana, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain was a problem. Um, he was just unable to impact the game in any meaningful sense. You couldn't say that about Lallana, I think he comes on, I think he's absolutely tremendous, to be honest with you. 
I th- it was, it's funny, isn't it? Because when, when they announced Alana's coming on, the, the, everyone in the boozer, it was like, ah, there, there was a audible groan in the boozer. Uh, including, I mean, I, I wasn't overjoyed to see him pop up off the bench. I wanted Milner because I thought we need structure. And, I, you know, you can sort of half understand Milner not coming on if he's carrying a knock. And I think the other thing is that if the, the manager likes to end important games with Milner on the pitch. He like you know, he's, he's, he his, his rationale for him not starting the European Cup final was I want him on the I want him on the pitch at the end. Uh, but when Lallana steps up, I'm thinking, oh Christ, you know. And then he was fantastic. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Lallana when he come on, he was he was exactly what we needed. He was everywhere. He was aggressive. He he got a, he he filled holes. I think the problem with Chamberlain was nothing was really working for him when he got on the ball. He was giving it away a lot, but then he, he was just—he just empties his position a lot. I was about to say, Lana comes on and fills holes. Chamberlain yeah. literally created them. He's created a lot. You look at and you look at you look at Henson's performance in the light of having to play next to Oxley Chamberlain, and it sort of amplifies how good it was a bit further on again because he had loads to do. I mean, Kel Kite helped him out and played well, but Oxley—I thought Oxley Chamberlain was really poor, mm-hmm. um, and I think we were referencing before. But he, you haven't really noticed Fabinho not being there. I think the only, uh, I think, I think if you sat around this table, the one midfield that you that you'd fancy Liverpool to have to to just play the rest of the season almost is Fabinho, Henderson, and Kaita and just cut with Army. And you've got mm-hmm. and that's a disservice to Wijnaldum, by the way. But you, but but imagine that little three. You haven't seen that very often, if ever. I'm not sure, but that's a three that you that you just think it would be fantastic. Um, but saying that, Lallana comes on was was great. Got us to a position where we needed to be. We looked on much better sides once we were playing with eleven men. I think um, on the Lalana point, I mentioned it before about Henderson. You can imagine he's a real student of the game as well. But he's sitting there on the bench watching and thinking, if I come on, I need to know what my impact has to be in terms of plugging some of those gaps. And he does that. And I think Lalana's always an interesting one for me because. I don't want to be too hypocritical about it. I probably would have sold him. Uh, I would have moved him on a while ago. Um, and the reason for that, it's not about his ability as a footballer. I think technically he's a good footballer. Um, all the skills, all the touches, all that kind of stuff. But his availability over the last two and a half years or so, he's just not been there when you needed him. And I think that's always been in the back of my mind about just maybe moving him on a little bit. I think sometimes as well, physically he can struggle against some of the big lads where they maybe move him around a little bit. But on Saturday, you've got to absolutely give him his due. He's come on there and he's really, really impacted the football match. Yeah, I think with Lallana, I'm with you. I, w- I probably would have got rid of him. If, if that was a game against... The, the, the Leicester game I've got no doubt Milner's coming on at that particular point in time because it's a game against that more f- I, I, I don't want to say more physical but maybe a fitter more intense game is probably the better way of putting it I think that game there you referenced before Neil about they were they were shattered by the end of it and because they had to work hard because we're such a good team that was their 83rd game of the season something like that something bananas they said on the telly anyway and that's where you want Lallana. That's where he can he can use the skills that he's got, which the, the one thing he does lack is pace, but you can use the skills he's got to get into holes. On Oxley Chamberlain, he's becoming a frustratingly two out of ten or eight out of ten, and you need seven out of tens out of a player in that position more often than not. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have to be nine out of ten, but seven out of ten is the minimum expectation. You've got to be seven out of ten, ninety nine percent of the times. And as you said, he leaves holes, but. I've got. I just got so much time for him because I know what he can do, and he's been out for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I think a little bit of with Oxley Chamberlain might be the fact that 
he's got that much pressure in his own head yeah. that if I don't get this right, if I don't get yeah. this right, I think if he could just relax himself a little bit, almost the way Cater does, like Cater seems to, the way Oxley Chamberlain sometimes looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, Cater seems like, well, I'm not asked. I think it's just, it's, I, don't, I don't by any means think that's what he's actually thinking. I think he's just a naturally relaxed person. Whereas I think Oxley Chamberlain feels the pressure, I need to do this and I need to do that. And you know yourself when you're playing football, the more you try and force him, it's not working for you, the worse everything gets, everything's over it, under it, the wrong place. So, Oxley Chamberlain, I'm confident, will come and be good. And you know, he'd fit that midfield you just said there, John. Fabinho, Henderson, and Oxley Chamberlain in behind the front three mm. could be a dream game, could be a dream midfield for some games. So, there's loads of other options for him there. And I think this season, what you're probably seeing is what we said at the start of the season Oxley Chamberlain and Alana are effectively becoming one squad player. You'll get 60% from one, 40% from the other, and you sort of just make him one squad player. And that's sound, but I think. Next season, will we replace Lallana? Probably not. Well, on the replacing thing, it's interesting both Ian and Kev mentioned, or, you know, would have done this, and we've just had the conversation about Henderson, is the midfield three that finishes the game for Liverpool in the World Club Cup Championship final is Henderson, Milner and Lallana. And that, to me, you know, we've talked, we talk a lot about the players, and we, we the manager more than gets his due from Liverpool supporters, but I think one of the areas where he maybe doesn't quite get his due at times is the amount of time he gives his footballers and the amount of work he does with his footballers. And the idea that those three hadn't finished that game, they are the midfield three. They were all at the club when he arrived. Different sections of Liverpool support, including quite literally two people just on this show, have argued at different times that they would have sold any one of them and still would argue they might sell one or two of them. And yet there they are. They are Liverpool's midfield three that finished the whistle. That, that, that does the whistle blows, Liverpool are world champions. You can make it three because I, I've sat in this room and said on a show that, that I'd get rid of Lana for exactly the reasons he was saying before about the fitness and all that sort of stuff. But but it, it's sort of the reverse of what we were saying before about people with Henderson, uh, you know, and, and completely writing him off. It, I, I think I, I, I'd have sold him for all those reasons, but I'm made up. He's looking me look, making me look like a tit. Like, but it's brilliant. I want all play any player I've ever slagged off to make me look like a tit. It's great. Wish more of them would because I want Liverpool to do well. That's all I'm interested in. And I think I've I've been critical of the manager in the past for maybe being a li- giving players a little bit too much time. Minulay, I'm looking at you. Like some people who just maybe he could have got rid of earlier and maybe was a little bit too willing to kind of keep them going. But the the manner in which he's kind of he he obviously knows that those players are players who have got the footballing intelligence to change their game. And you know, if you think of Lalana now, because he's what thirty one, thirty one, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but and. <coughs> He, when he when he when Klopp arrived, he was Klopp's general in the midfield, almost doing all the. He led the press. That was the phrase everyone used to say about him, wasn't it? He led the press, and then he came on at the weekend, and he, and he was playing a totally different way to what we've seen from him in the past. It wasn't just about pressing; it was about doing so much more than that. And and Klopp knows that he's got the the intelligence to to do that, to learn, to develop. And and that that's brilliant, and that's all any of us really want to see. Because at the end of it, we lifted a big shiny thing, and and that's great. And more of that, and the more of these players who can kind of come in and say, "I know what the manager wants from me. I'm going to do it." Brilliant. And uh, you know, uh, like another one to add to the list is is Arigi, and I think Arigi still frustrates in many ways. He the, the, there's still a, an edge of him to that. But I just sold him in the summer because I thought we're never going to get more money from for him than we are right now. And then he's had to, the, in the derby. He was unbelievable. He was un- virtually unplayable in the derby. So th- there is just that that kind of the, the manager. 
knows the players that can do what he wants them to do and can learn and develop. And I think Lalana, Milner, Henderson, they're prime examples of that and how fantastic for them and, and what a, what a justification for the manager that they were the three people on the midfield at the end who, who, who saw the game out. I think one of the things about Lalana is that, that you sort of do not, it'll, it'll come as a surprise to me, is that I think Klopp referenced it at the start of the season and that Lalana is one of the key figures in the dressing room. Uh, in terms of, in terms of leading the sort of the attitude, um, and I, I, that come as a complete shock to me when when I read it. I was like, you just wouldn't put them together. But then it makes sense. He's, he's best mates with Anderson, um, and I think I think it's easy to underestimate that. And I think it's I think I think that's a very you know. I think that's a very important thing that that you need in any dressing room. But then it's also imagine not really playing, but still le- still doing that role. That mm. must be dead hard. Do you know what I mean? So I think you need to give him his due. The fact that he that he can still you know he gets injured, he doesn't really get much of a goal last year, and he's still able to to form an influence over this unbelievable group of players. That says loads about what the manager's created. It also says some stuff about his his qualities and his you know that that might not seem apparent when you watch him play footy and I think the manager what what the manager's brilliant at is convincing players that look if you if you if you do all the right things you'll get your opportunity if you do all the right things you you know uh, you know what we've got this deal and I think the one thing you know he can be thinking of sometimes now and again Klopp is that maybe he's a little bit you just mentioned it before he's he maybe a little bit too loyal to some players but then you look what's happening and he's, he's, Lallana's now got the he's now got that it's almost the price of doing business isn't it yeah. if you're going to uh, you know what I mean that if you're going to demand absolute loyalty and absolute commitments and then you get absolute loyalty and absolute commitments then there's going to be a payoff the way. Be and a every payoff. now and again it might end up that you're a bit too loyal for a player but look at it right now we've just won the Champions League we've just won the Super Cup we've won the Club World Cup and we've drawn one game in the legal season and won all the others yeah it's a, and that's the thing and, and if you're in that group whoever you are in that group of players or you're outside and you're talking to like players you play in the national team with you and Liverpool may be interested I you've got to be some kind of gobshite who wouldn't want to go and be a part of a team that functions that way Shaqiri doesn't play doesn't play doesn't play bang plays the derby I don't know where and yeah. is able to perform at a level that you would think that's crazy he hasn't mm-hmm. played for six weeks how's he able to do that so they've got this atmosphere around this side and you know, you look at Lalana now. He's had choices to make in the summer. Because of left, he asked. You know, he got interviews, and he said, "Are you going to leave?" And he was like, "Why would I leave? We just won the European Cup. What's the matter with you?" And we, we, you know, why would I ever leave here? If it, I would never choose to leave. Um, and look at the payoff he's had. He's just come on in the in the World Club World Final, whatever the fucking thing is. <laughs> and he's he's he's. he's Played a role, a big role in helping Liverpool win it. He's also already on 12 appearances this season. Uh, two seasons ago, 15. Last season, 16. That's all comps. So at this point, you know, from his point of view, he's able to say, well, I'm getting more games than I got this mm. time last season. I'm turning up and I'm getting the opportunity. The manager's given the derby game as well. Yeah. And that's a penalty, a big one. So. And he's getting one of the next three. Yeah. You start one of the next three, Lallana, I'd be absolutely amazed if he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and then again, you know, when every game counts, then you're able to feel as though you played your part. It's clever by the manager because he used to always say about Ferguson, I was keeping all those lads happy. Mm. I, was keeping, I was keeping those four strikers happy. Well, he keeps them happy because he gives them big games and he does it at the right times as well and Jürgen Klopp's doing something similar but he's he's managing a the squad they all want to play but yet they'll have seen people like Daniel Sturridge go out on loan and it 
go to shit basically and think, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather stay here and get 10, 12, 15 games against good quality opposition, pick up a couple of trophies along the way. Yeah, that'll do for me. Vegas was the master at it. Um, all right then, move ourselves. By the way, the referee was bananas. Everyone all in, just do it quick. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah, bananas. No, I, I think you're being very unfair. <laughs> Listen, I think... I think the FA are cowards because FIFA have just shown them there that you can pick a fella from a raffle to referee a major match <laughs> and it's fine. So I don't know what you're all talking about. He's won a competition, he's done the best that he can and he's getting pelters from everybody. <laughs> Get off his back. Uh, yeah, absolutely bananas. We can't say for Hall when Anthony Taylor's talking about the gaff. Oh, no, 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 that, that was It's like a busy watching someone walk up near someone on the head with an hammer and the rest of the fella on the floor with the his head. Fucking you dickheads, you got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that, no, that was bananas. Like, Jazz and Eager, why does he just clock and catch the ball? Like, that, what's this? What's this? Fucking flying. That's like, no, that's, that, 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 that's a foul on the goalie, that, honestly. <laughs> Fuck off. I loved, I loved uh, Martin Tyler bleating away. Like, is this harsh on Anthony Taylor that his decisions are being reviewed now? He's going to lose some confidence in himself. I felt like saying, I honestly felt like going to Sky Studio and grabbing Martin Tyler and saying, lad, he's been fucking shite for five years. Um, um, this is oh he's the second highest rated ref in the country alongside Michael Oliver he's not fit to lace Michael Oliver's boots uh, anyway anyway um, moving forward to talk about the Leicester game uh, have a chat about the Leicester game at this stage of proceedings it's one where they've just got beat by City Kev um, they're currently second in the table make a pretty strong argument they've been the second best team in the country so far this season in all honesty it is them or City we know City can hit the heights but Leicester have been doing it week in week out really strong defensive record as well uh, always dangerous it's pretty much as tough a game as Liverpool could have coming back from Qatar it really is you know it's but it also feels like a game where if Liverpool get out of it with a positive result at this stage of this season, at this time, in this moment, it's. It, I don't want to say everything's on the line because that's ridiculous. It's not the case, but it will feel like such a game to win. It's every, not everything's on the line if we do win, but we're in a fortunate position that we can make this game absolutely enormous by winning it. But if we don't, we can say, well, we're still a thousand points clear or whatever we'll be. You know what I mean? Leicester, like, this game. Is at the end of a three-game It's run. hard. It's hard. You know, yeah, it, they're, and they're not used to playing like that, and that's one of Brendan Rodgers' strengths. So, that if we can knock them out of the title race on Thursday as we play them, it's massive because Rodgers has proved before with Liverpool that that second half of the season where he's got a week between games and he's going against the rival that's playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, whatever it is, he can do that. But that them lose them dropping two points against Norwich at home then getting beat by City if we then go and beat them it's got to knock the stuff out of them now hasn't it the mad thing about this game is it could finish any scoreline it's possible that they could score three against us it's quite conceivable that we could go there and win 2-0 no problems we could easily get a draw it's ma- it's a massive massive game but it's massive for them <laughs> it's more it's more massive for, for them because massive. stop saying massive <laughs> massive massive it's, it's a massive massive game it's <laughs> Fucking passage. <laughs> <laughs> fucking box that lad, didn't you? <laughs> Adam, it's it's. I think it's it's it is just of such consequence if Liverpool win it. It you really just is. Said massive. Uh, sorry, 
to such consequence if Liverpool win it. If Liverpool win it, it means that they've put themselves 13 points clear to Leicester. Let's, uh, let's, City have then got to go to Wolves the following night, which is not an easy game. Back them to win it, but it's not an easy game. Uh, and they'll be, you know, it's then, as I say, 13 points to Leicester, 11 points to City. Not hit the turn yet, and there's, there is a hell of a long way to go, but at some sort of point, the games where you feel as though Liverpool could drop points, uh, begin to become fewer in number, and even the ones where you feel as Liverpool could get beat a fewer in number. This is probably our most likely get-beat game, certainly until we go the Etihad, but maybe from now until the end of the campaign. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> yes! Uh, yeah, I think it's... Re- there's, a, there's a lot on it, and, and I think it's... I think that's another reason why winning the other day, winning on Saturday, makes a difference because your legs feel an awful lot heavier if you haven't. If you've yeah. gone all that way, played that game, played extra time, and then you haven't, you haven't won it, your legs feel heavier and you feel like, oh, friggin' hell, this is, is this the moment the season starts to fall apart? But by winning it, they're on Alibaba Cloud 9 <laughs> um, or whatever it was that, that Salah won the trophy for. Um, and they're feeling really, they'll, they'll be feeling good about themselves. They'll, they'll be feeling invincible is what they'll, be, what they'll be feeling. And they'll be coming into this and going, yeah, it, it, it was at the Etihad, all those things, but, but City beat them quite comfortably in the end. And um, we're better than City. We, we think we're much better than them so we've got the ability to go there and, 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 and win this as well Klopp I think will almost certainly mix it up I don't think it'll be a start in 11 quite as mad as the derby but I think there'll be a couple of changes in there and I think that it, it's a chance to say Leicester are none of our business now for the rest of the season City are the only ones that are and if we win our game in hand they're as far away from us as, as they are and it, it it's a it, look it's basically a chance to say we can lose the title, but nobody else can win it. That's what it is. It's, it comes down to saying the only reason we don't win this title is if we fall apart in the in the closing stages of the of the season, because we're so far ahead of everybody else that the rate they will have to go at would mean that they basically can't put a foot wrong, and we can lose like three games and still win it. So we would have to have an absolute implosion to 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 not win the title if we beat them, and that's a chance to be really really happy with where we're at isn't it yeah. for, for uh, the Christmas period I think it's a it's a it's a huge game for both teams uh, and it's also slightly um, it's hard to it's hard to like you look at Leicester and you think right well they've had three hard games you know they've, they've, they've put minutes in against Everton uh, which was a big game for them. They've then gone to took it very seriously. They took it very seriously. In there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He plays both fullbacks. He plays Vardy. So plays, he's gone full penalty. Madison. I think that shows you. He's it shows you that he's thinking he's top th- four in the cup. Yes, exactly. And and I think they then go to City and get a legging. You know, they go one 0 up and then they get legged. Uh, and De Bruyne is finding space all over the pitch. Um, and the car, they're creating chances at Will City, and they run them ragged. And that's not a nice place to go and run if you've just ran. For 90 minutes, then then the emotions of pens on the you know in the midweek before. It, it's it's a funny game to, to assess because you'd say well Liverpool are probably Liverpool probably had the easier thing even though they've gone and done a World Cup. Hundred percent easier. Hundred. The World Cup has worked in our favour in terms and, of freshness. Yeah, and it would be you know we created an illness for Van Dijk which didn't exist. Just, I'll have a few days off. Put your feet <laughs> off. Doing it. You Rabo, didn't he? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We've had. We've had that ability to almost have a warm weather training camp without having any time off. Whereas they've had three, you know, graft games, graft, graft, and then they're coming to play Liverpool, the best team in the league, and it's their biggest game. And you just wonder how the game plays if Liverpool score early. 
the the psychological damage that'll do to them and how tired they'll be. Um, You'd also think, let's be honest about this, you just said there about Rodgers, Ben. He's nothing, I mean, they're, they're always the thing that used to drive me mad about Rodgers when people would say he's not, he's not pragmatic. Oh, it was clap. But he, people would say he's not pragmatic. He's a very pragmatic manager in yeah. that he knows, you know, I've, I've had a little look and they're next two. Well, they're next three because I'll include the FA Cup. West Ham away, Newcastle away, and then we're going to roam in the FA Cup. And I think I agree with you that if Liverpool can get a foothold in the game, get one, maybe even get another. I think there's a point where Rodgers goes, you know what? We're, I'm going to tell these we cut our losses here. We, we 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 walk away. We're very sensible. We've been sensible all season. We're very sensible, lads. We've got the we've got the two legs in the in the league cup to come, and then there's six points there for us next two matches. And I'll, we'll have those six points rather than try and beat these. I lads. wonder if he doesn't play Vardy and on because he I, I he said before the City game he said the the timing of our games is ridiculous. I can't play everyone all the while. I'm gonna have to rest with Vardy over the Christmas period, and I just wonder if you're looking at this game. Yeah, it's a massive game for them. But I think he's looking at it thinking, well, I'd ra- as you just said, I'd rather play him away at West Ham mm. when I know we're going to get something out of him than try and make him run. Virgil. I don't know. What's a f- I think it's a f- I think it's a dead interesting game, and, and I think I think it's, it's hard. I think it's harder for them. I agree with you. I think it's harder for them. They've got to play twenty sixth, twenty eighth, first. They've got a job to do, which is to finish top four. Because in the same way as Adam just said about us, you know, the idea if we beat Leicester, it then feels as though we've got to lose it from a Leicester point of view. If you're Rodgers right now, the thing you don't want to throw away is top four. Mm. You've you know, it doesn't does it matter in the grand scheme of things whether you finish ahead of City and Chelsea? Not really. But it matters if suddenly you come fifth. It matters if Tottenham get ahead of you. I think he's. I think he'll absolutely play Vardy. I'll I think. Be, he, I be, think I'll he probably be, will. I'll be amazed. He, 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 he has spoken about wrestling, but it, it I reckon it Vardy will demand he plays Vardy. It won't, it won't come in this match. Yeah. And Vardy's record against the big sides is, is really, really good as well. So I can't imagine a scene or scenario, I should say, when he goes into this game without him. I'd quite Liverpool. like Vardy to get off his ban or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, he will anyway. Yeah. Listen, Liverpool's job on Boxing Day it's just to kill hope because if you beat Leicester, they're fucking done. Their race is done. If you were to lose to Leicester, all of a sudden it's back down to single figures, all right, game in hand. And City can get it down to single figures as well because they go to Wolves the following night. But if you beat Leicester, because there'll be the odd City fan and Guardiola are probably in the back of his mind. He probably knows it's done, but there'll be a little thing where he thinks... If Liverpool have a bad Christmas. Yeah, if we can get it, if we can get it to eight yeah, points... You can, you can change, we, we can get it to eight points, we turn the screw, you know, anything can happen in football. But if Liverpool go to Leicester and beat them... As far as Rodgers concerned, he knows he's not fucking catching Liverpool with 13 points. And Guardiola, deep down, will know it's absolutely fucking done. And those players will know it's done as well. So they can try and convince the fans, convince themselves otherwise. But if Liverpool all of a sudden go 14 clear to City and they've got to go to Wolves the next night, I mean, that feels fucking like hard work as well. There's just there's just too much of a gap. And because of the way Liverpool performed over the last two years, you know they're not going to drop that many points. But if we give them a sniff, then, you know, stranger things can happen. So Thursday is about we, just killing that hope. We've been in here for ages. There's another show to come. Uh, but I want I do want to hear what your teams are. Uh, I know that's a really difficult... I'm gonna. I'll do it in three different questions, but because I know that obviously the sports science that we don't have access to, there's question marks around Oxley Chamberlain, how fit is he, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's question marks on. So I know you can't. You know where is Wijnaldum? But I want to be really clear about this: is everybody picking a back five of Alisson, Alexander Arnold, yeah. Gomez, yeah. Van Dijk, and Robertson? Hundred yeah. percent. No one's messing about. No. There's no change to make there. There's no change to make. I it. think it's full pelt. Everyone picking the front three. Yeah. 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 Everyone's picking Jordan Henderson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who are the other two? One Alden, if he as long as as long as he's ninety five percent fit, one yeah. Alden. I think he's had one Alden. Yeah, I think it's Milner one Alden. Milner one Alden. 
I think he'll pick Keita, but I would pick Muller. I'd go Wijnaldum, Keita. I, I, I think he's purposely held Wijnaldum back because he was in the red zone when he Wijnaldum a little bit. He maybe could have come on the other night. He was on the bench, wasn't he? But there was no chance of risking him, no point in risking him. I'd go Wijnaldum, and I think Keita's done enough in recent games to, to warrant a place as well. I think he'll go Wijnaldum, Milner with Henderson, but but I would go Keita over over uh, Milner. Yeah, and you'd go Milner. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Milner. Um, I think Kaiser's played a lot of games in, in success. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Milner. I think he probably will edge Milner, but I'd definitely go Kaiser. Mm. I think I think he might go Lallana. I think he might go Wijnaldum Lallana. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, Fucking hell, everyone's might... head will fall off again. <laughs> I know, we'll I know. Win and everyone will be like, oh, we'll oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we are. Yeah, again, you little <laughs> sinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you take nothing else from this show take the fact that Jurgen Klopp's a little tinker uh, take that home with you uh, Liverpool are the World Club Championships there's never been a better time to support Liverpool we touched on uh, the Chelsea-Tottenham uh, match in terms of the ridiculousness of things that came out of um, that came out of Martin Tyler's mouth obviously there was a wider conversation uh, about the racial incidents around that we did a special on race with reference to Liverpool supporters that I'll get, make sure someone makes easy to find on social media for you if you want to uh, give that a little bit of a listen and it's something that we will touch on I think in the new year again uh, and return to and get a couple of contributors on and work from there all around uh, also uh, if you are interested in listening to more Anfield Rap stuff you know where we are it's theanfieldrap.com you can still get gift cards if you listen to this on Monday you can still order them for gift card subscriptions you won't get the gift card but you will get the subscription it's a very good last minute present I say that as a man who is very schooled in the art of last minute present buying uh, I've already got a plan around a big Christmas Eve move I've got um, a big Christmas Eve have you? yeah huge one what time are you coming in? I'm going to I shouldn't do this on air but <laughs> it's in my food shop I'm first at half six seven o'clock good on you yeah it's good are you, are you in town I, I'm I'm going to Sainsbury's by ours first uh, as it opens I'm yeah. like, it's happening and then you're going to get there are you going to come to town and do to town for nine bells right well I'm in town at nine bells and I reckon we can have a pint at eleven if we school this right <laughs> well uh, I might have to drive so well I'll it's one of them going to train thank you very much indeed to Ben Johnson Adam Smith uh, Kev Walsh and Ian Ryan thank you for listening to the Anfield Rap all year uh, thank you for whatever it is that you've been up to and how you've been supporting as you're doing a number of different ways it is all appreciated it is Christmas it's nice to be nice at this time of year whatever you're doing have an absolutely fantastic one look after the people around you Christmas is different for absolutely everybody some people do struggle a little bit and have an awareness around that sort of thing as well uh, we have been the Anfield Wrap in association with the Athletic sign up for them if you get the opportunity but if not take it easy Sports Social Podcast Network